but yes, I, I do think if you, if you, if you woke up one day and you had cute fox or dog ears, it would probably make you, which I don't know how this is possible because you become more attractive every day, <laughs> but it would make you even a little bit more attractive. Oh my Especially gosh, like expressive this, is ears. Spicy. this is so I don't see how this is spicy. I feel like if, listen, if like Joe Biden suddenly had like white fox ears, you know, like I think that he, like he would go up in the polls. I think that Mark Joe Biden worst. shows his fetish very loudly. What? Wait, there was that, oh, because he, he like Joe sniffs Biden. people's hair. He sniffs people's hair. He seems really into it. If they had grown up within our generation, they'd accept mm. it. They'd know, don't sniff women's hair publicly. That's a bad thing to go around sniffing people's hair and probably <laughs> something you can go to a, a special hair sniffing club for. A hair sniffing orgy. We all have a desire to be known, and he's constantly sniffing hair in public. It's not some big secret. But we were saying what's also really funny about like what people think is trad and what people don't think is trad furries <laughs> are super trad. Yeah. Like they are They're more far... trad than the nuclear family. <laughs> what does trad even mean? Like if you're trying yeah. to be trad, but you say furries aren't trad or not the type of trad you want to be, huh? what's causing this differentiation? Like right. what is trad actually, if not furries, because I don't think that that's what people mean. Like the way people use trad today, let's be honest. Is not actually traditional. Take the word trad, disassociate it from the concept of traditional or history or historical accuracy and just make it a genre like anime or like DC comics, right? I actually sure. think trying to cosplay like a 1950s wholesome family is one of the few cultural contexts we have for what it looks like to be in a happy relationship with happy kids. And so... If you're trying to figure out or trying to search for how do I build that for myself, cosplaying that and cosplaying creates the thing you're cosplaying. Would you like to know more? I'm here. You don't want to be a pilot? What? Oh, yeah. We had U.S. Air Force recruiting call me. You know, when I took um, a job test, you know, this like job test you fill mm -hmm. out. There were there were two jobs. It was like, it's this is very clear. You just need to take one of these or else you'll be miserable in life. Either join the military or become a librarian. That is like, you just like, you can only live with extreme structure. I'm sorry. But of course, I do the complete op op opposite. But, but also because I think what they miss and what these, these career tests miss, especially with autists is autists don't necessarily want somebody else's structure. They want their own structure. So it's yeah. better to be an entrepreneur, even if like everything is completely like Calvin ball, make up your own rules. Nothing is certain. At least you get to dictate everything yourself. I, I I always I die in systems where I have to live by other people's rules. It's the worst. I agree with that. I but probably would what too. I want to ask you, Mister, is if you were a furry, what would your fursona look like? I actually think that this is a better question for somebody else to answer about me. You you, <laughs> what would you want my fursona to be? I feel like you'd probably be a fox. Because you're very fiery and clever. Um, and like, you're very loyal and caring. So you're kind of dog-like, but you're not obedient. So I couldn't classify you as dog. You know what I mean? What about a raccoon? <laughs> yeah, you're totally a raccoon. Oh my God. And like, you also do this thing that I call raccooning. So Malcolm, just for your edification, he like, his brain turns off when he has things in his hands. 
or even like like a wedding ring on his hand and, and like when he just gets in certain modes like he's eating or he gets into a car or he gets home like it, it, he start he, his brain turns off and he starts raccooning where just like stuff just gets shoved in places and like you never know where it's going to go if he's at a restaurant it's like somehow under a plate and then we've lost so many of his wedding rings because of this he just he has to he can't have it on his you hand you know i just have this generic like five dollar wedding ring eleven eleven dollar come on we're not screwed in here it's okay. your wedding ring but yeah we have like basically all over the house like i've hanging on little hooks i have in my purse i have in my makeup bag i have in my like i love your thing about like i'm like sonic whenever i hit something just rings explode everywhere um <laughs> but yeah you're totally a raccoon that is that is your fursona what about it. you a squirrel yeah probably a squirrel no you're more deliberate than that squirrels are very deliberate like they're always like no, ew. No, I'm definitely because squirrels like to squirrel things away and like hide things and they act like they're really busy, but they're really just shuffling stuff around. Oh, but you also like shiny things. I think another raccoon here. Maybe, yeah, maybe we're a bunch of raccoons. <laughs> a little raccoon family, little dirt pandas, trash yeah. pandas that, that hang out in. But hold on. And you like breaking rules. And I like, well, you know what the raccoons would do when they would break into my childhood house is they would, they would take our cat's food. And then they would wash it before eating it. Like they dip it in water and then they'd eat it. And then one, they're so smart and they're so big on collecting. So I guess this would be me. Yeah, like big I was on hygiene say, too. They like washing things. Yeah they're, yeah, they're big on hygiene. So that would be me. And then what we found one day when we like came up in the middle of the night and we could hear them, like they'd bust into our house through the cat door, which was one of those magnetic key cat doors. So like it should not have, but they, they picked the lock. They're just mm -hmm. very smart. Is they had not just eaten all the cat food. They'd found the cat food bag. And we found one raccoon on the outside of the cat door pulling the bag. And we found the other raccoon on the inside pushing the bag, trying to get it out. And of course, that was a sort of dangerous situation because in that case, we had a raccoon trapped in our house on the other side of the cat food bag. But these are, yeah, okay, our fursonas are raccoons. It's Before we go further on this, I need to... I was recently watching because I was like, I got to recommend this anime. And I have forgotten to recommend this anime before. Okay. But Spice and Wolf... It, but that's not about furries. It's about a fox girl. No, no, no. But I was thinking, because you were asking me and I was asking you, what fursona would you be? Oh. My last girlfriend, not my last, but my other really serious girlfriend, who you know, she was in our wedding party. I don't want to name names here. So the beautiful one. Like, yes. Well, no. they were all beautiful, but the extra, the most beautiful one. She looked and acted exactly like the female protagonist from this anime. <laughs> oh, really? Very much wolf energy i guess you would say so yeah uh, just so you know the anime if you do want to watch it it's about economic games so like when people when there's conflict in the show it's over something like some sort of economic battle you know how like in naruto they would have like actual but it, but it takes place in medieval europe basically so medieval europe economic battles with a spicy wolf girl if you're interested in that, Spice and Wolf, check it out. Very, very top tier anime. Uh, very educational too. Hmm. So, you know, what's the topic of this video, right? Because recently, you know, we've done some things where we point out that what people can, and we have a video on this, what people think of as a trad wife is a progressive conspiracy in that it was really something created by Hollywood in the 1950s that was never really lived by that many people, a lifestyle lived by that many people. Right. And among the people who were living it, it was a fairly new lifestyle that had really only begun to be experimented with in the 1910s to 1920s. Yeah. And right now it's almost a completely dead lifestyle. Well, people pretend it isn't, but it's 
it is not sustainable even when they pretend. Well, no, it's economically unfeasible for 90% of the population. Yeah, unless like you're it, super rich, then you can cosplay it all you want. <laughs> yeah, you can cosplay whatever. But what I'm saying is it doesn't work. It's like a large scale. But we were saying what's also really funny about like what people think is trad and what people don't think is trad. Furries <laughs> are super trad. Yeah. Like they are more trad than the nuclear family. (laughs) Far more trad than the nuclear family. They are far. Furries are more trad than Christianity. Furries are. Oh my gosh, you're right. Trad than even traditional ultra orthodox, like as much as you can go back, Judaism. Yeah. Furries (laughs) are probably. So let's let's describe what we mean by this. So if you look at what furries are these are people who identify with an animal persona mm-hmm. and they will wear costumes that allow them to take on this persona and mm-hmm. they will go to specific parties that involve a number of people but unnecessarily all the people at that party taking on different personas associated with these animals mm-hmm. and these animals can exist at different levels of full animalness like there's extreme and and lesser versions and and sometimes all it involves is just a few animal accoutrements you know you're wearing a tail or you're wearing some furs or some ears but like people have been doing that for a long time there's more to the furry community than that Hmm. they also will engage with texts that are anthropomorphize animals where these animals are not representative of anyone exactly in the community Hmm. but act as inter-community cultural nexuses or nodes that everyone in the community would know about and relate to each other with this is not just what furries do this is what ancient egyptians did this is what ancient africans did <laughs> this is what ancient native americans did this is what ancient chinese did but a really interesting thing sorry a little side note before we go further remember i was talking about like a cultural touch point here so a lot of people you know they might see our show and they'll be like why do you always have like these low culture like these pop things like appear <laughs> in the show and like why 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 do you communicate that way Darmok and Gillard at Tanagra. Shaka. When the walls... The clip I just played is of this traditional Star Trek episode where they meet a species that communicates entirely in cultural references. Love that. I think when you see this species all talking to each other, Simone, is that a bit like you when you go to a family meeting between me and my brother? Yes. Because we both, he, just like me, just constantly quotes shows as a way of relating or describing what's going on. It appears they're trying their best, as are we, for what it's worth. Shaka, when the walls fell. Darmok. Darmok. Bry and Jiri at Lunga. Shaka. When the walls fell, Zina at Anzo, Zina and Bakar, Darmok at Tanagra, Shaka, Mirab, his sails unfurled, Darmok, Mirab, Tamok, the river, Tamok. Oh, and he'll I... test you. He'll be like, do you know what that's from? <laughs> if you don't know it, like he will judge you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's low stuff as well. Like, oh, you don't know this random anime quote that you should know? You don't know this? Within our family culture, it would be considered very arrogant to quote or reference really cultured things, like a form of extravagance or finery or vanity 
that shows you to be lesser and insecure. So you almost end up competing on how low culture the things you're quoting are, because to show yourself as high status, you need to have achieved a lot, but not be embarrassed about how you present yourself or the things that you show that you engage with. And so you almost sort of flex how not embarrassed you are. Thus this episode on furries. Anyway, back to it. But yeah, furries are something that humans have traditionally been doing throughout our entire history mm -hmm. and are probably one of the most common cross-cultural references you see when you look at early human cultures. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're universal. It's not just the early days. And I think that this is the thing. So when I talk about like within the furry community, they have some like... Uh, animals that they anthropomorphize that are part of their stories well this is what you see in early native american religions early egyptian religions early african religions or even current ones in, in these communities mm -hmm. where you will see them anthropomorphizing animals that are you know they would see them as gods or something because they're part of this early religious framework but they're not exactly gods often they right. don't really interact with people's lives they're more like shared cultural narrative touch points you also have this in early europe so don't anyone say that like this is not a european thing europeans definitely had these if you look at early European history. So even that's the same. The idea of dressing up as animals you'll see in these cultures, the idea of dancing or going to parties where you dress up as these animals, the idea of partially identifying. Like they have different ways of relating to this. Like maybe an animal spirit partially overtakes you and you partially become this animal, right? But this is what you see within furry communities. It is fascinating to me that it is just this ancient ritual that people are performing. But it gets more interesting than that. So if you look at masquerade parties, so the original masquerade parties. So a lot of people, when they hear masquerade parties today, they think of people walking around with this little like- Those half-assed masks. Mm -mm. Uh, the original yeah, masquerade pathetic. parties, you would take on an alternate persona. Mm -hmm. um, and many of these personas were, I mean, there was a diversity of, of, of ways that you would do it, but they were clearly like medieval iterations of these early furry parties. Furcon. What? Furcon, medieval edition. Well, I mean, you could say that people are doing this when they, you know, the idea of of dressing up as shared cultural touch points, like you would have at an anime convention or something like that, is also yeah. a very ancient thing to do. No, totally. Um, totally. And, and go to conventions where everyone does this, and like yeah. you're channeling these entities. Well, like, Even the fourteenth, like you know, you know, cosplaying is different. Mythical creatures. Or Rome did it. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, people anybody who knows their like, favorite characters throughout history when they can afford to. Well, yeah. Well, Roman emperors would often do this, where they'd be like, I'm this mythological deity. You are yeah. this mythological deity. Yes. Let's also have sex with these mythological deities. Well, then they're practically then almost otherkinning it. But anyway, we'll not go there. We'll, no, we'll no, stick but with let's today. go there. Otherkin. Otherkin are people who believe that they have some sort of spiritual connection to what we would think of as fictional identities, right. like a character from Harry Potter or an anime character. Right. And they think that that is part of their personality. You know, I was talking to another kin recently and they were like, it's really interesting how much the other kin social networks have changed mm. uh, recently. So it used to be that if you ran into somebody who had the same identity as you, that was seen as like a bad thing and you wouldn't mm. want to overlap identities within social networks. Mm -hmm. um, but now people disproportionately and intentionally seek out people who have these different identities. Yeah. And they were talking about why people do this, like female puberty. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, I, I get it now because I get that there is this extreme desire to belong to a, a group. And also like, you have a crisis of identity when you hit puberty, and you're like, my body is changing, my feelings are changing, like, who am I? And you don't really know who you are yet. And you also don't have the means or independence to figure out who you are. But like, if your friends start tagging you as like this character, and this character is fully fledged out of the box, pre assembled, 
they have their lives figured out. It's like incredibly comforting. And you just be like, yeah, I'm that person or I'm that character. And so that would be really comforting. And these days also, because I think we are experiencing like maximum atomization and isolation in society, I could see why also other kin of a particular character who may have in another time not been so, so thrilled to see another one of their same character are now thrilled to see it because just like, and now I'm not alone. Now there are other people like me and like, I feel less alone in this moment. So yeah, that also makes sense to me, but well, they also other, other believe that they are different. Yeah. Yeah. Shared goals, shared values, mm -hmm. you know, that's, and that's comforting because we in, in progressive secular culture there, there's not a whole lot of shared goals and values. So like, if you can just find the same character as you, I guess that's the closest you're going to get to that amazing feeling, which is, really depressing but there you go so this brings me to an interesting question yes so I mean, people will see this and they're like okay this is obviously true like furries have been around for a long long time well but then why why are people so weird about furries because people love hating on furries we'll talk about that it. in a second but okay. i want to talk about well but we can talk about that now what does trad even mean? Like, if you're trying yeah. to be trad, but you say furries aren't trad or not the type of trad you want to be, huh. what's causing this differentiation? Like, right. what is trad actually, if not furries? Because I don't think that that's what people mean. Like, the way people use trad today, let's be honest. Is not actually traditional. It's not actually traditional. And they yeah. don't actually mean they want to go back to traditional ways of doing things. They don't yeah, want to go back to What does trad mean then? Right. So very interesting. So first, well, so actually, I think it's a, a, a cultural aesthetic that is based around a fantasy that never existed just as much as furries or people who go to uh, oh, conferences yeah. or, you know, they are cosplaying as something that never existed. But so trad is its genre that in, the, in, in it's completely, so take the word trad, disassociate it from the concept of traditional or history or historical accuracy and just make it a genre like anime or like DC comics, right? And then that's a thing, right? Yeah. But I think it works. Now, let me be clear. I am not denigrating this trad concept. I actually no, sure. think trying to cosplay like a 1950s wholesome family is one of the few cultural contexts we have for what it looks like to be in a happy relationship with happy kids. And so if you're trying to figure out or trying to search for how do I build that for myself, cosplaying that and cosplaying creates the thing you're cosplaying really frequently so yeah if you cosplay a religion you will often become that religion and, and this mm. is this is the point of you know when we talk about we do not mean ever to denigrate like catholic rituals even though we have a cultural aversion to them right uh, somebody was pointing out it is the cosplaying of those rituals which makes somebody become a devout catholic right that reinforces their faith it is through cosplaying this trad concept of a family one of the only concepts of a family we have in society of what does an actual wholesome family look like that leads to individuals you know being being this 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 happy wholesome family right i mean what do we look like now right now you and me right here but you you shouldn't over emphasize in the cosplay to a level of economic unrealism right i.e yeah, a family with like seven kids living off of one income is I'm going to be honest, stressful. 
unrealistic. That is well, no, no. Some people actually make it work, but they do, but it's different. Some people, and I think that's the big emphasis. And you have to really know that you can pull it off. And I think a lot of people do it before they realize they can make it work. Yeah, or they commit to it as the only way they're going to have kids. And this is why. You know, we did an episode which showed that conservative countries, while conservative individuals have more kids within a country, conservative countries have fewer kids than progressive countries when you control mm -hmm. for income. Mm -hmm. And I'll put up the graph here. This is not a big difference, but it's it you, like you don't expect any difference here. You expect it to be a sharp curve in the other direction. And this is likely why. It's because they say, well, I'm going to wait till I can like raise a bunch of kids off of one person's income. And mm -hmm. like that is unrealistic for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, for, for most people, not like the top two, 3% of our society, but for most people. Now, why are furries denigrated, right? That's an interesting yeah. question. Well, because I, and I think that there's a false answer that everyone's going to immediately go to that's wrong. And I think that false answer is because there's, it, there's sex stuff, which is, it's weird because also like, okay, but in trad marriages, there's sex stuff. Like, I'm sorry. Do you <laughs> like in BDSM? There's, there's sex stuff and that community isn't as denigrated. As a yeah. Community. Yeah. So it's not the sex stuff. Although I, I guess like we, we, at least within BDSM and with trad, the sex stuff is n not sometimes correlated to zoophilia. Whereas there, there is a bit of a like zoophilia slight, I would say weak correlation with the furry community. Like it's not intense, but it's, there, there are, are some, some furries that are into that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But I, I wouldn't say that the community is like disproportionately zoophilic. No, no. Okay. I will say the community is disproportionately zoophilic. When what, contrasted but, with a what are you going to do? It's animals. I mean, but it's not your average furry isn't zoophilic. I'd yes, say that, right. you know, maybe three to, to 1% of the community is. Yeah, that's um, fair. So I was thinking back to the stats from our sexuality book, um, The Pragmatist Guide to Sexuality, and I realized that the number of furries who are actually zoophilic is almost certainly much higher than I just cited. If you look at Kinsey's study back in 1948, he found around 8% of all men and 3% of all women had had sex with an animal. What's really interesting about these numbers is that they are about the only kink that we could find that has dropped significantly over time. More recent studies have shown that this number is only around 5% of men and 2% of women. What's interesting is that our study, when we're looking at how many are attracted or find the idea arousing to sleeping with animals, that's around 6% of males and 2% of females. And if our data is accurate and the other study is accurate, that's insane because that means around 87% of people who are aroused by the idea of having sex with an animal have tried it. Also, those numbers are shockingly high, like much higher than I would have anticipated. Oh, no, 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 no. I just had a terrible thought. So if I have slept with around 150 women and 2% of women have slept with an animal, that means there's around a 95% chance that one of the women I have slept with has slept with an animal. Oh, no, 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 no. So that's, that's my read. So that being the case, why? Why do people hate this community so much? Well, huh. 
I guess it's actually has to do with one thing, deviant deviation from society's mainstream value systems. So if you look at the dominant cultural groups in our society, whether they're the Christian cultural groups or the dominant urban monoculture today, mm-hmm. furries are loudly and visibly different from either of those cultural groups. And- Wait, in, in what way though that like steampunk fans or anime fans or like Trekkies are not? I just not think like- it's louder. Just louder. Do you think they're more irreverent? Maybe I feel like there is more irreverence. Like you don't hear like there's that famous furcon that like just they trashed the hotel. Rainforest. Yeah. Oh, look it up by the way. Rainforest. I think Internet Historian does a thing on them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it. uh, Yeah. An Internet Historian is just the most brilliant person ever. I I love him. By the way, if he ever listens to any of these, we would love to talk to you or know you. You are hilarious. Yeah. Seriously. Um, Unless he's like literally a brother, and he could be based on the humor. Actually, he really could be my brother. I have these moments where I watch his videos and I'm like, but really. Oh, yeah. Weird. So if people are wondering what my brother is like, internet, just historian. internet historian. That's that, my brother. That's, that, is, that is Malcolm's brother. Yeah. So either internet historian, you have like a, a twin out there and it's Malcolm's brother or you are him. We know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to find out he's one of our family members. No, because it's too close to specifically your brother. But anyway, yeah. we digress. Yeah, so maybe it's the level of irreverence, the level of like craziness. So like if you were to combine soccer hooligans in Europe with anime nerds, mm-hmm. you know, you've got both the the cultural difference and weirdness combined with um the the unruliness maybe there's also something about like people associate mascots and like people wearing costumes with childhood so it's kind of like someone dressing up like barney and like maybe for some people that violates some like weird let's talk about why cultures hate people who are different from them right this is important to know right like why would cultures just shame and, and isolate people who are different from them okay because the cultures that didn't ended up disappearing when huh. a culture doesn't shame difference, it disappears. This is just basic cultural evolution because then difference ends up replacing it. And, and the differences that did shame people who are different from them do end up disappearing. Touche. Or, or do end up replacing it, whatever. But anyway, the point being is that if our culture did not shame freedom or didn't shame people who are different from it, it would end up being replaced. And so most cultures shame things that are different from it. So then the question is, why do most modern cultures, like modern successful cultures, when we can see that furries were so common throughout history, this impulse, this, this, this cultural display, why do very few of the successful cultures, whether it's the urban monoculture or conservative Christian cultures, why did they not do this? Mm-hmm. That is interesting. And I think the answer is that it just serves no utility. It's, it's completely vestigial. I think it's probably part of early human evolution that had to do with group bonding rituals or maybe the evolution of our understanding of cognition or like the Mm -hmm. way cognition works and the theory of mind works and then accidentally getting it applied to animals. I don't know. And then, and then that ended up creating a a loop. I forget the words for this. There's an effect for this in in biology. So that could be what what you see there. We we talk about it in our episode of should music be a sin. If if you look at that. Hmm. Um, what I would add, though, so yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And yes, so culture has to denigrate and other these people. And because furries are extra other and also unruly, like maybe that's just giant target on their foreheads. But what's also uniquely interesting is that 
it's I think what culture also likes to do is like kick out the useless, you know, like denigrate the the non-productive. But furries are not that. And that's what something blew my mind about this. And this happened in an unconference session we were at at mm-hmm. at an event that was so off the record that for the first time ever, we've been forced to put our phones in Faraday bags for long periods of time. It was completely inhumane, but one inhumane. I love it. It was a conference. One fairly famous guy on Twitter was in one of these unconference sessions and, and furries came up and, and we were, it came up in the context. I'm not going to name him, but it came up in the context of like, you know, where are there overlooked but very productive and smart people in society? And he's like, actually, furries. Like, have I, I've met I've met a bunch of furries. Like, apparently, there was a furcon right before some conservative conference that he was attending that was like pretty high profile. And like, he, he spoke with a bunch and, and asked, like, hey, you know, how much is your costume? Because they have these, you know, super elaborate costumes. And, you know, they're like fifteen, twenty five thousand dollars. You know, these are these are people, and they'll own who, like five or six. Thing. Yeah, it, and it's the, these are these are extremely expensive costumes. These are like people with careers and lives who are very smart. Some of my like like some of the coolest, smartest people that you know I've encountered online who like do really amazing work are also furries and like made fun of for that. It's it's just so weird because this is also a group that is disproportionately like of very high intellectual firepower. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to make of it, but. Okay. So I'll ask you a question. Okay. You want to get, you want to get spicy here. Always. Do you think that people with some animal features, you know, like anime characters and stuff like that are attractive? Well, I think it's kind of universally understood that cat ears and fox ears on both men and women so this is not it's not just cat girls and i think people have a big misunderstanding here i just actually was hearing the other day i can't remember where i heard this but like a major hacking group that i guess is kind of like we'll say 4chan adjacent has like recently taken stuff by ransom and they're like we will not return it until you find some biological way to engineer cat girls or like you like that's how they troll them which is just amazing i just have to say that like i'm glad they're doing god's work these people but it'd be gross in real life though it depends, Malcolm. Yeah, probably. Because I mean, have you actually looked inside cat ears? They're really weird. I, yeah, actually, you're not wrong. Maybe dog ears. But I will say, so it's not just cat girls. Think about Inuyasha. Like a lot of girls. I know. I'm thinking there was this this anime where like people would have like eggs. I'll, the anime is called Shuguchara. I'll, I'll find it out that like represented their like powers and then things would hatch out of them. And Would they lay it, the eggs? The it eggs had like of- 17 seasons. It was like a really would, popular- like would they would they like crouch and lay an egg? No, 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 no. Like they came out of their soul. Like they represented their soul, and then like little chibi characters would hatch out of it. <laughs> okay. But anyway, the major love interest, like the tuxedo mask in this, was a guy who had cat ears, and his little thing was like a black cat. And so often in these animes, because at first you said girls really like this as well on guys, and I was like, that's not true. No. And then I think of the number of like anime male characters I know that are predominant love interests that are like a black <laughs> cat and like... Yeah, but I, here's here's the counterfactual for that and where I, I kind of agree with okay. you with the gross in real life thing is when I look, when you look at the... And maybe it's a, it's a, it's a rat tail versus squirrel tail issue, but when you watch the Wizard of Oz live action, which you've never seen, I know you're so strange. 
but it's not that good. So don't worry about it. There are, there are flying monkeys, but it's really clear that it's just like men in monkey costumes and they have these long tails and just looks wrong on like a human. But I feel like if humans had squirrel tails that are fluffy and bushy, it would be a different I, story. I, I, I admit, I think squirrel girls look cute. It's just like the ears and the big bushy tail. And the big bushy tail. Yeah. See, I think it's the nature of the ears. It's the nature of the tail. So like dog ears, not cat ears and squirrel tails, not rat tails or monkey tails, you know, and then we're good. But yes, I, I do think if you, if you, if you woke up one day and you had cute fox or dog ears, it would probably make you, which I don't know how this is possible because you become more attractive every day, <laughs> but it would make you even a little bit more attractive. Oh my Especially gosh. If you're, like, expressive this, is spicy. this is so I don't see how this is spicy. I feel like if listen, if like Joe Biden suddenly had like white fox ears, you know, like I think that he like he would go up in the polls. I think that Mark Joe Biden worst. shows his fetish very loudly. What, what, I would not be a surprise if I go to his office and there is just random people's hair clippings in his desk. Hair. There was oh, because he, he like sniffs the, people's hair. He sniffs people's hair. I was waiting for Joe and just staring at his desk when I decided I'd have a little look-see inside the drawers. Uh-oh, I think I might know where this is going. I opened one, then another, then another. And inside every drawer, every single one, piles of human hair. For the first time in my life, I felt like I understood a president. As I was sorting through the hair, admiring the collection, in walked the man himself. There was no hiding what I had done, so I just put the hair back, shut the drawers, nodded my head, and said, Mr. President, Hey, if he didn't want someone finding his hair collection, he should have locked his drawers. We all have a desire to be known. And he's constantly sniffing hair in public. It's not some big secret. He seems really into it. Like he is. He well, is isn't that, isn't that a like smell fetish hair. and not a? It's it's a smell fetish. It's a hair fetish. It could be a smell fetish. It could be a hair. Fetish. It's something. But like he does it publicly. <laughs> he is not ashamed. Well, this that's man sweet. Is he's sex positive, proud kinkster. And that's I also great. think, and I know conservatives would hate this. Trump, I think, is a little out there about being. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There are a little too many images and too many video clips, oh. audio clips, where he does seem to have something about his daughters. Ivanka. Ivanka's hot. I'll say that. She's hot. She's hot. Yes. No. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's I not just wrong. There's definitely going to be an age where, like, if my daughters <laughs> end up super hot... And for some reason, my brain thinks they're hot. Like, I, I don't know. I Like, the Western mark effect is what prevents you generally from seeing your Should, yeah, it didn't kick revenue. in, yeah. Like, I would find hugging them, like, if I thought my daughters were hot, I'd probably find hugging them a little repellent. Yeah, so, like, you wouldn't do it, right? You wouldn't, uh, yeah, you, you keep your distance. Yeah, you'd shake their hand or something. We should just count our blessings that Ben Shapiro doesn't happen to be Trump's son. Dad, why is my sister so hot? I have no idea. I mean, I'm not crazy, right? Like, she's hot. It's insane how hot she is. Was mom ever that hot? God, no. I feel bad, like I'm up for being attracted to my sister. Oh, I think I'm in a little worse of a position. I am so ashamed. It's a girl. It's a girl. It's a girl. You know what? I don't think I should be a father. Yeah, I'm out of here. Harold? 
No, it's for the best. <laughs> Everyone should have their own thing, as long as it's not hurting the people around him. And he seems to have a really good relationship with his kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's fine. No, I mean, that is fine. That is fine. Is this, is this like a, is this another podcast we should do? Like, just what do we guess the, 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 the kinks are of these famous people? I love that, right? Yeah, just Wait, what, what blew my mind, though, is, is that, that Trump and Biden are older than Bill Clinton? Are they? Let's just double. Age of Bill Clinton. 57 years. Age of trump 77 so the, the, and joe biden is 81 so if if okay trump was born june and and bill clinton was born august trump is older than bill clinton as is joe biden that is wild i know right yeah like we have a problem when <laughs> because we all thought like bill clinton's really old but no man uh, also, I think their generation is too old to really have kinks they participated in, in private. Like if they had grown up within our generation, they'd accept mm -hmm. it. They'd know, don't sniff women's hair publicly. That's a bad thing to go around sniffing people's hair and probably <laughs> something you can go to a special hair sniffing club for. A hair sniffing orgy. It's not <laughs> my thing, but I, I don't shame. I, I have anything. I am encouraged by the fact he's so public about it yeah but i do think that maybe he should try to gain consent from the women he uses for this level of satisfaction and not do it with little girls either that's a little if someone asked you though if they could sniff your hair i don't think that you would say yes you'd say I, yes. whatever it makes them happy oh that's sweet malcolm it doesn't hurt me yeah 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 <laughs> Well, Does it increase the chance that I'm murdered? Maybe. I mean, no, I don't think so. It's fine. So, anyway, I, 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 that was a wild tangent at the end of this episode. I love you, Simone. <laughs> you are amazing, Simone. I love you. You so much, are Malcolm. perfect, Simone. And I would, would I be? Hey, no question has to go back to you. That would I be more perfect with? I do not think you would be better. With like a squirrel tail or something. Okay, a squirrel tail would be pretty cute. Yeah, <laughs> and little cat ears. <laughs> yeah, and you said yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, fine. All right, all right, all right, all right. Oh God, love you. <laughs> you see, our kids are gonna see this someday. Uh, yeah, but I feel like one of our kids is gonna end up being a furry, so they'll be like, "Well, at least mom and dad love me still." <laughs> so. I, I could definitely see that. It's so common these days. Yeah. Anyway, you're the best, Simone. <laughs> I love you, Malcolm. Love you too.